the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You ever stop to question just exactly what it is that drives your pastor? What it is that motivates him? Why does he keep doing what he does? Especially in light of the challenges he faces as a pastor. Stick around. Find out. Hi there, and again, welcome to today's broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, who returns us to the book of Romans. Pastor Gary has recently started a journey through this amazing book, and today we are still in chapter 1, looking at those first 15 verses. And we're looking at the heart of the gospel minister. Just what makes a minister, a pastor of the, the gospel tick? Well, that's what we're looking at through the eyes of the Apostle Paul. Here's Pastor Gary with today's Abounding Grace. So, how are we doing? We have to ask ourselves that question. I mean, is there a fruitfulness in this relationship? Or am I just spinning my wheels, wasting my time? And are you wasting your time? Now, granted, it doesn't mean that any time we open God's Word together as we are now, we're ever wasting time. But is it bearing fruit in our lives? Is it bearing fruit in my life? And are you being blessed and benefited by God's gifts that He has given to me and the gifts God has given to your elders? Are you using the gifts God has given you to benefit and encourage me and the elders here and one another? You see, a church is not like a restaurant. You don't come and say, I think I'll take this off of the, off the menu today. I got what I wanted, and now I'm out of here. If they don't have the things on the menu that I want, I'll just go somewhere else. No, when we come together in the body of Christ, there is one goal in mind for both the elders and the pastor and the congregation. Not superiors and inferiors, but those who recognize we have a commonly held faith in Jesus Christ and a common dependence on Him. We have nothing but what He is pleased to give us. And what He has given us, we want to use to benefit and bless one another within the body. But we can't do this. If we treat our relationship within the body of Christ like a posting on Facebook or like a text on our phone, it's done. It's over. It took maybe five seconds. It was easy. Now let me move on. There has got to be a recognition that everything I have has come from God. And it definitely is not just from my personal enjoyment. It is to be a benefit to those around me. And I want to thank him for it. But I want God to get his fruit because when he gives his seed, 
he demands his fruit. When he gives his seed, his word, he demands his fruit. Are you giving it? Are we praying for one another? Ask yourself, did I pray for anybody in this body this morning? Oh, I've done it once or twice during the week when the mood struck me. But I don't do it regularly. Beloved, God has brought you here to RHC. Do you feel an attachment to the other people here? Do you feel an attachment to me? Do you pray for me? Are you praying for the elders? What a beautiful picture. Paul has given us here of a gospel minister when he puts his own heart on his sleeve and he says, I love you. I want to come visit you. I got a gift I want to give to you and I need to be comforted by you as well. I need to be blessed by you too. It's not all one way. Because every single person in this body draws only from one vine and one fountain and that is Jesus Christ alone. Now to kind of put a nail on this in verses 14 and 15, just in case there is any pride, just in case there is any inkling of Paul trying to get on their best side right at the beginning of this letter, he comes out with a self-effacing and humbling statement. He says, I am a debtor. He says, I've been working among other Gentiles and there is fruit there. God has blessed is why. And I want fruit in you. This is all I want. I just want you. I want fruit to come from God's word to you. Why? Because I am a debtor. Now I think what he is referring to is more than just his personal frame of mind, although that is certainly included. He's talking about Jesus calling upon him to preach the gospel. And that is that in some important sense, the Lord Jesus made him a slave to the Gentile world to preach to them the gospel. He says he is a debtor to both the Greeks and the barbarians. And, and the Greeks were looked at as the civilized, while the barbarians were looked at as a primitive people, uncivilized. When he says both the wise and to the unwise, that is most likely just a parallel verse. He, he doesn't say what category these Romans were in, but they were really in neither in a fundamental sense because they had, were now in Christ. But notice what Paul says. Whether you are Greek, because the Greeks in their eyes, in the eyes of the world at that time, were very wise, they had the philosophers and the traditions that were very well respected. Even the Romans basically socked uh, up the Greek culture and claimed it as their own. But Paul says, whether you are Greek and sophisticated and technologically advanced, or whether you are a bar barbarian and unwise and uncivilized, you need Christ. You need the gospel. And Paul says, no matter how they treat me, I am a slave to them. I am a debtor to them. So, 
With everything in me, Paul says in verse 15, I am ready to come and preach the gospel to you who live in Rome also because I am a debtor. Now, admittedly, we're not apostles, and most Christians are not called of God and gifted to preach. But there is a very important sense in which each one of us is a debtor to the whole world. You know, a debt is different than just a feeling. What if Jesus would have said there, I have a warm feeling to go? No, he says, I'm really zealous for missionary work. Now, we can identify with that. I mean, I really feel like God wanted me to do this or that. But think about the debt that you owe. Oh, boy, I've got to pay my mortgage tomorrow. I've got to pay the note on my car or whatever it is. A debt is nothing any of us get excited about. But this debt was was very motivating to Paul. Why? Because it was a debt of mercy. Paul realized what he was a slave before. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to unbelief. I was a slave to Pharisee vanity and pride. And the Lord Jesus Christ set me free. And he put his chains on me. And his chains are liberty. And he put the gospel on me. And called me to go and preach the gospel to the world. That is the way we're supposed to be. Look how God has shown mercy upon me. Look what God has done for me. He has laid all of my sins upon the back of his son. Did you think about that this week, beloved? Did you think about the gospel? Jesus has been set up as a mediator of the covenant for me. I have drawn from him this week knowledge and strength and comfort. Did you have protection? Did you have his light this week? Did he encourage you through your scripture reading? Did you have victory over sin in your life? Were you at least able to push off a temptation and say, no, I'm not going to yield to that, even though you were sweating bullets? I'm going to love my wife, even though I'm not feeling very loving toward me, and she's not been very loving to me right now. I'm going to submit to my parents, even though what they're asking me to do, I think, is silly and beneath me. It doesn't matter, because I have been a recipient of God's grace and mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is not about me. You see, that's the power behind this debt that we owe in many respects to the whole world. Because God intends to save the nations, which we've already seen in verse 5. He's going to bring obedience to, to faith to all the nations. We've already seen some of that in the last 2,000 years. There is much more to come, but think about it. Who's going to tell them? The rocks and the trees? Who is going to tell them? We are, and who are the we? Debtors to mercy. Debtors to the gospel. Now, careful, careful. There has been some discussion in some circles 
we want to stay away from that whole idea of showing gratitude to God. No, we don't. Because we talk about this debt. When we talk about this debt, we don't mean a debt we're trying to pay back. This desire to give the gospel and share with other people the compassion and mercy that God has had upon us is not motivated by guilt. It's not motivated by fear. Oh boy, I better tell this person about Jesus because if I don't, that's going to go over real well, isn't it? They are not going, they are not going to think that you're speaking from the heart if it is done in a kind of reluctant matter or if it seems to be done as if you're reading from a script. I don't think so. No, beloved, this is a debt of love. This is a debt of amazement. This is a debt of look at what God has done for me. I mean, he, he loves me. And he has saved me from my sins, the wretch that I am. And he has given me hope and new life and made me fruitful through union with Christ. So, of course, whether someone is Greek or a barbarian, whether someone has a smartphone or a flip phone, whether someone is in college, is college educated or barely made it through high school, whether someone has a white-collar job or a blue-collar job, all men stand on an even plane in this one thing. They are all going to stand before Almighty God, and He is going to say, either depart from me or enter into the kingdom that I have prepared for you. And the only way to hear those most blessed words that any human being has, can ever hear, enter into the kingdom I have prepared for you from the foundation of the world is if they repent and believe in the gospel. Paul says, I am coming to Rome <coughs> for one thing. I'm not coming to promote my ministry. I'm not coming to raise a big offering. I'm not coming to gain new followers. I'm coming to you to preach the gospel because I am a debtor to mercy. Now, do you feel your debt to mercy? There are some things that very, very clearly lower that sense. One, when you spend too much time filling your mind with the world and its movies and its literature, because let me tell you what the world is trying to do. Even, it is, even if it is not directly profane or obscene, it is trying to forget that it is fallen. Why does it want to forget it is fallen? Because then it can move its accountability way, way, way far back in their memory. So the less I have to think about the truth of myself, the less I'm confronted by the fact that I can't solve my own problems. And think about this. Think about all the movies today. Even the movies from the classics we watch, like the Jane Austen stories and others. Have you noticed? All of the characters are able to solve their own problems. And you never see them on their face before God. Have you ever thought about it? Something, some way, everything always works out. 
they're able to navigate their problems without God. And if we try to live like that in this life, in reality, blood will all go to hell. Now, granted, they're not blasphemous. And, of course, they all have pretty costumes on. And there's usually some pretty good acting. And they are clean and so clean that parents can feel pretty good about letting their children watch them. But in some respects, it would be better to see people get blown up and seeing the consequences of what really happens when people sin against God than try to live in a world and try to solve their problems without any reference to Him at all. So the more we are in that mindset, I mean, we are seeing people succeed without submission to God. Now, granted, you may know in the back of your minds, well, yeah, I I know, so I've got to go pray. Well, think about this. After you have filled yourself with a diet of this, movies and music and talking to other people, and you're thinking to yourself, I've got to go pray, well, why? I mean, I just watched something done, very polished and very glamorous, and they didn't pray, and everything worked out fine, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I I do know that's not real. But people in the United States today, though even Christians, and especially our children, do not know things on television are not always real. We don't need God. We can work out our own problems. I saw a poll a while back that said very clearly that most Americans believe that the reality that they see on reality shows is the reality they would really like to be in and prefer. Is that ridiculous? Why do you think fantasy baseball games and football leagues raise billions of dollars every year? It's because people who are hiding and running from God prefer a lie to the truth. They prefer a movie to life because they want to escape. You see, these influences in our lives make us forget that what we really need is mercy. They make us forget what a precious gift it is that God has had mercy upon us and saved us through His Son. In other words, they are dulling us down, beloved. Now, I'm not necessarily saying don't watch at all. I'm not saying there's not times when it's okay. That's not my point here. The point is, when you breathe something bad all of the time, It will make you sick if the air is not healthy. And here's an area we cannot afford to be sick in. Forgetful of how weak we are and how much we need mercy. You know, maybe we should have Sunday dress up sometime where everyone just comes in their rags. They take their oldest, nastiest clothes and rip them up, at least as far as decency will allow. Bring in some sackcloth and some ashes and sprinkle it over our heads. Don't take a bath. Don't shave. Don't wash your hair. And then we may have some picture of what we really are before God. Instead of polished and neat like Jesus has made us, but that only Jesus can make us. And we can't get to Jesus, to the Jesus part, unless we feel our need of mercy. So be careful. You're not going to fill your debt to the gospel 
You're not going to feel natural in sharing Jesus with others until you feel your debt to mercy. I know most of you want this, but we weren't walking with God or it felt unnatural for us. But how, So how do you go to that place where it feels natural to you? Oh, here's someone I, I don't know, but let me see if there's a way I can work Jesus into the conversation and then not do it artificially. And you're doing it because you want to do it. But how do you get to that place? One way, a sense of being a debtor to mercy, to the gospel. Because listen, where love for Christ exists, words for Christ will come. Where love for Christ exists, and a sense of how much we have been forgiven, words for him will come. Now, everyone is not called to go stand out in a corner. I realize that. But how about in your own family? Daddies, does your family hear you speak about Jesus and how much you owe to him? Not as something you're to pay back, but as something you can never get over that he paid. Your debt, your justice, your curse. Mamas, do your children hear you talk about Jesus? children do your parents hear you talk about Jesus because you see it's not all one way we are all a debtor to the gospel when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today feels more debt to the gospel trust me our nation will improve oh it'll take a while because you see it doesn't have anything to do with elections it will improve it will improve when men improve. And men are not improved by political parties. Men are improved by regeneration. They are improved by the new birth. So ask yourself when you read these verses, because I know you want to get to chapters 5, 6, and 9, and I definitely want to get to justification in chapters 9 and 11. Will well, we have to begin here, though, before we can appreciate those other things. So do we at some level? Not all of us are preachers or elders, obviously. But do we as believers feel our debt to mercy? Are our hearts filled with real gratitude? Let me say one last thing. Here's another way to know if your sense of indebtedness to God is low. Are you thanking God through Jesus Christ? When you pray, is Jesus an afterthought? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Or is there a sense of, wait a minute, I can't even thank God properly unless I bring forth the name of Jesus and unless faith in him is in my heart. You know what happens when you bring forth the name of Jesus like that? Like Paul does there in verse 8, your heart is humbled. And I, as I said at the beginning, our hearts go right back to the cross and draw fresh life, fresh encouragement, fresh grace. Are we thankful? Are we praying for each other? Is the aim of our relationship here fruit unto God's glory? Or is it, I want to make sure my opinion is heard. Now, I want to make sure... 
I don't get wounded getting too close to people. Is there fruit? You see, it must be in our heart that we want God to be glorified. And then guess what? As those things grow in us, our faith will be known to others. And at that point, we won't even care because what our desires will be is for God to be glorified in all things. And whether we are known or not is irrelevant because He must increase and we must decrease. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866. 8665607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.